12 here this morning. National Back to Church Sunday. I think we look pretty good. Amen. There's a lot more churches and we're not wanting to be better than anyone else. But don't have this many cars in the parking lot this morning. And seats and people's taking up seats in the church. I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord. There's people here that I know and those that I don't know. Amen. But if you are saved this morning, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. 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 Luke in chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I believe the Lord's going to speak to us here this morning. I need a word from the Lord. How about you? Amen. Luke chapter 12. If you're able to stand for the reading of the Lord's Word. If you know what a PK is, that's a preacher's kid. Amen. And they know that they better watch what they say or do because it'd be in the sermon next. Some of Brother Mike, you understand that, don't you? Amen. And I look at my daughter and I say, do you have your Bible with you on the way to church or, or before we leave the house? I can't imagine going to war without my sword. Amen. Amen. So if you don't have your sword, I'm going to encourage you to start carrying that word with you. Amen. If you don't have it this morning, look on with a neighbor. But let's just get in and have church and allow the Lord to speak to us. Luke chapter 12 and verse 49. The Bible says, I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two, two against three, the father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father. The mother against the daughter. The daughter against the mother. The mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And ye see a cloud rise out of the west. Straightway ye say there cometh a shower. So it is. And then ye see the south wind blow. And ye say there will be a heat. And it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky on the earth. And how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yet why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, how thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him. Lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee in prison. I tell thee that thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last might. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm going to read verse 59 once more this morning for title of the point of view. The Bible says in verse 59, I tell thee that thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last mind. There's a lot of people in this world today paying a very, very high price, amen, to serve the Lord. Thank goodness that we're still, well, I know it's going in the wrong direction, but thank goodness that we're still in a country that allows us, amen, that pre-runner, that forerunner of the uh, Antichrist is trying to issue and mandate things to keep us from the freedom of worship. They're already trying to implement. But as of today, we have the freedom to worship together. Can you say amen? 
And that enemy, he's trying to separate us. That enemy's trying to cast confusion. But Jesus, amen, Christ, is looking for a church still without spot nor blemish. Amen. And he's not one just to gather, but he is a God of separation also. I want to preach this morning on the thought of the season of separation. The season of separation. Will you pray for me yourself? In this service this morning, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this opportunity to come under this roof, God, this place of worship. Lord, that way one day we're going to have our own permanent place of church, God, just across this town. But Lord, right now, Lord, this is our place to meet up, God. This is the assembly of the saints. Lord, I'm asking for You as I always confess, God, I'm nothing... Lord, but more clay, God. And I've asked for You, Lord, to anoint me many times to preach Your Word, what You have given me in study and prayer. And God, I ask for You one more time. Anoint me from the hair of my head to the soles of my feet, every ear to hear, every eye to see, every heart to receive in this place. And God, and there be any doubt, any confusion, God, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We have faith in You. Amen and amen. John the Baptist... He preaches in Luke in chapter 3 and verse 16. He says these words that Jesus will come baptizing in the Holy Ghost and with fire. There is a baptism after which is indicated and represented in water. There is a baptism. We know most of us at some point in time has been baptized in water. A lot of people go through emotion or something because we go to a church and Sister Wanda that at some young age or through a BBS or a revival, one of our peers, they get baptized in water. So we jump up and say we want to get baptized also. Not fully understanding, Sister Ray, the meaning of this baptism. We know that baptism in water is just a representation that of a born again life. We know that being baptized in water does not save you. It's just a representation of the old man washing away the filth, the sin, the carnality, the iniquity. And that when you come up out of that water, amen, that you are a new creature. You are a new man. Amen. You're a new woman. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But that which happened, that which made you new, it happened before then. You made a commitment at an altar. For me, it was in a house. I was going, Brother Mike, into a church that, that it was just dry as cracker juice. You could squeeze sawdust and get more spirit out of it. But I'd go home, the Lord... He began to deal with me. I was 26 years at the time. I, I'd eluded prison. I'd eluded drug addiction. I, I've done just about everything. A, a young man that's grandpa was a pastor and his dad was a preacher also. A, a young man that just about done everything Sister Pipple, a young man could do. And somehow I'm still living. I go and I, I'm going to this church because Adam's mother and my parents, they're they're fighting with us more or less to go and have those children in 
church. Riley was about five years old at the time. We were just going to this church to, to get our parents off our back. You know what that means. Some of you has experienced that before. I'll just go to church because I'm just tired of hearing to be asked to go to church. Y'all getting quiet on me. I'm going to preach anyhow. But I was experiencing that. But Sister Jennifer I was come home and I'd get in my recliner on Sunday evening and the Spirit of God began to deal with me that I knew that if I died in that constant state of sin, if I if I died in immorality, if I died in drunkenness, if, if I was to get up that next morning and go to work and I didn't make it to work and I died in a car wreck, that I knew that my life was not right with Him. Can you say man? And I nailed down beside that recliner and I knelt down right there in that house. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't in a revival. And I got to begging God to forgive me of my sins. I, I had a feeling that if I didn't make things right that very day, Brother Glenn, that I may never get another opportunity. Some of us in this house has eluded the calling of God on our lives so many times that the conviction gets so strong that nothing tastes good to us. There's never a good conversation. Can you say, man, we can talk, we can hear somebody talking about the Lord. Yesterday at my daughter's birthday party, most of my family, my aunts, uncles, they're singers, ministers of music, or, 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 or musicians, or preachers, or Sunday school teachers. We're talking about the Lord. Well, one of my uncle's wives jumped up, so happened that Sister Wonder, she had to leave very quickly because the, the conversation that was taking place about Jesus and about faithfulness became aggravating. Amen. Oh, those spirits didn't line up. Can you say, man, we've all been there and what it's called is conviction of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. When you come to church and all you can do is look at your wrist and look at your iPhone and say, well, I just wish you'd hurry up and get done. I'm ready to go back to my but I can tell you, church, the day is coming where God is about to separate the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goat. Can you say man? This baptism of water, it means nothing if you haven't had that conversation of repentance. If you haven't been born again spiritually, it doesn't matter how many times you take a bow in a baptism at church. Can you say that? It doesn't matter if you haven't committed to Christ that I am no longer a drunkard. I'm no longer a whoremonger. I'm no more a harlot. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not going back to that dope house. I'm not going back to that conversation. But that I'm going to separate myself from the life that I once lived. And now that I'm going to live a life that is led by Christ Jesus, John the Baptist, impartation of this God-given Word. He begins to speak in Luke 3 and verse 16. He perfectly says this, when, or says this when he becomes to preach this message to a multitude when they're wading out in the water and he's baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He catches a glimpse of somebody, a cousin, 
cousin, someone he grew up with. He looked so far off and he said, I have here came to baptize you in water, but there is one that cometh after me whose shoes I am not worthy to lose who will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. This is something that eluded my thoughts for so long that I didn't understand why Jesus Christ, God, manifested in the flesh. He who knew no sin was made sin that we may be made the righteousness of God. Waves out in the water to a man that says, I'm not worthy to loosen his sandals from his feet. And he gets baptized. And when he gets baptized in that water, the Bible says a dove from heaven laid upon him. Come on now. Say man. It was an indication to that multitude that he was now a part of a ministry. Come on church. You're a part of a ministry when you get saved. You don't get saved. Salvation is not the ending, but the mere beginning. Amen. The Bible says when he left there, Satan in Luke chapter 4 comes to him, the Bible says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, He returns from Jordan. And now, I want you to understand this, He is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Bible says, for 40 days and 40 nights, He is tempted. The Bible says, as every manner of a man. I come on now, I heard one preacher say, the devil had came to him with everything. Come on now, that you've ever faced in him. Come on, say, man, it's on the pew. If it's iniquity, brother, Bible, it's on the pew. Do you hear me? If homosexuality is in that world, it's on the pews in the church. But Jesus said, I came and I've been tempted. I wasn't led by the devil, but I was led by the Spirit to be tempted as every matter of a man. If you've been tempted, come on now to walk off and leave your family. Oh, come on, say man to me. Jesus has been tempted just to throw his hands up and walk off. The Bible says, says that this man did not eat for many days. And the devil says, won't you take that rock and turn it into bread? And the Bible says that Jesus looked at that devil and said, a man cannot survive on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from God. Church, why is it important that we do the things that the disciples sing heard and experienced it's because God has laid out a handbook for living unto us we have this season of separation if there's ever been a time that we are experiencing this separation it is now brother Pickle you can go from church to church you can go from different denomination to different denomination and you can see just about anything, any kind of Jesus you want to worship. I don't have to come to church to be a Christian. Come on now. We discussed this the other day. If your faith can't get you to church, your faith won't get you to heaven. Y'all get quiet on it. I ain't even got to preach it yet this morning. 
Come on, say amen. So we need some baptism that ignites a light. Amen. He said, let your good works, let them glorify God. Let your light so shine before men that your good works be glorified by man, that they see those good works and they glorify God in heaven. Amen. There's a mandate from heaven of a way that things should go. It don't matter. There's not a Baptist way. There's not a Methodist way. There's not a First United Pentecostal way. But there's just a Bible way. And if God write it, wrote it in this book, He laid it out for me me and you. Do you hear what I'm saying? We better lay aside what Grandma's said. We better lay aside what that backslidden preacher said. We better lay aside what the family said and get in this word and say if God said it was for me, then I want to receive what God has for me. This baptism this preaching of Peter we find throughout the Word in Acts 2, we can find that Peter was an ultimate failure. We look at Peter and we, we've talked about Peter and we've used Peter as an example of what not to do when we a lot of times have been just what Peter was. Come on now. Jesus rescues him from a storm and tells him, look here. Sister Bernice, if you'll step out on the very thing that's trying to kill you, I'll let you walk on your stone. And the Bible says that he stepped out and as long as he kept his eyes on his family, no. As long as he kept his eyes on the preacher, no. But as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he did not feel something just walk up in this place. The Bible says when he stepped and took his eyes off Jesus and he began to put it on the fame and the fortune and the new job and the new house and the new Ford or Chevy they got down at the dealership, he began to sink. And then the Bible says that when they were taken and arresting the disciples, he was over in the dark. He was over hiding in the dark. And a woman said, that is one of them. He began to do a, what a lot of Christians that is powerless, that has been washed, but not filled, would do this very day. I'm not one of them. I'm not saying I don't know who He is. Come on now. How easy it is to deny Christ. Amen. When Christ is all we've got. Come on, say amen. When we are about to bear the same cross. Come on, say amen to me. When we are about to be nailed. Come on now and left for dead. It is easy for us to look at Peter and say, I can't believe before the he denied Christ for three times. Come on now, but sometimes we as Christians, we deny Christ more times than three times and we're not even facing the cross. Come on, say man. Why is this important?
morning. In Acts 2 and 38, he preaches a sermon. After being baptized in the Holy Ghost, Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto the disciples and the apostles. No ma'am, no sir. He says it's for you, your children, and your children's children, and everyone that will call unto the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you hear me? And with many other words, Peter began to preach. He, he got a little Pentecostalism. He got a little shout in his voice. Come on now, and he began to preach against things that was hindering them. You say, preacher, why is it that I need this Holy Ghost? My question to you this morning is why wouldn't you want this Holy Ghost? Peter's preaching didn't change a nation until he received his fire. Oh no. This preaching did not come until Peter experienced a fire. The Bible says when they gathered on the day of Pentecost in that upper room, there was tongues of cloven fire that set on each one of them. They spoke in an unknown tongue. I don't understand it. Oh, preacher, I don't want to speak in that tongue. I, I don't understand speaking in tongues. Come on now. But we'll send our children to learn different languages around the world. Come on now. That in the end days will be meaningless. Come on now. I need a prayer language that when I pray, I don't pray selfishly. I know some of us haven't been brought up this way. But this is Bible this morning. This is strictly Bible preaching. Oh, the Bible says uh, the strongest part of the Bible uh, or the body is the tongue. It cripples us. Come on now. It causes us problems. Come on, say amen. But when God gets a hold of our tongue, come on now, we'll pray prayers for those who despitefully use us and neglect us. Have you ever been let down? Come on, lift your hand by someone you love. Have you ever been forsaken? by somebody you thought the world of. But can I tell you, Jesus Christ did. And He's saying, I came to separate with fire. That separation is coming. That separation we're already seeing the beginning of. Can you say amen? In the upper room, there were 500 people gathered together. I don't understand. It must have been a fine two-story house, Sister Bernice. But 500 people from all different backgrounds, creeds, colors, and nationalities come together. And on day one, there was 500. And by day 10, 360 people got up and left. Come on now. Because people does not have the patience and the tendency to wait on the will of God. Come on now. If we do visit the altar, we look around and if nobody else is with us, we get up and leave. Come on, say amen. If we have nothing else to do, I'm preaching better than y'all shout today. We'll come to church. Come on now. If I'm not too tired, I'll get there on Wednesday night. 
But on day 10, there was 120 people who had been separated by fire. Fire fell down from heaven. Come on, say man. It did not consume just them, but it consumed a sacrifice. I didn't read that preacher. Can I tell you what it consumed? Is the best weapon the enemy has. And that's our tongue. And that's our mentality. It said on each one of them. The Bible says they begin to hear each other in their own language. What a day that's going to be when we step over Chile, Jordan. Do you hear me? And what separated us? What spread us out when that tower of Bible fell? And come on now. When that tongue separated this whole world, it's going to come back together under one heavenly language. And the Bible says that we're going to sing a song that angels cannot sing. My pastor brother over in Malaba, Kenya, hallelujah, that speaks Swahili. Swahili. I'm going to understand what he's saying. Come on now. And my brother over in China is going to look over and hear the South Alabamian. Come on now. And he's going to understand what I'm saying because we done got unified. We done got sanctified. And we done got separated by the fire. Church, the question isn't if I need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven it's why would you not want the Holy Ghost while on your way to heaven the thing that keeps us from this Holy Ghost is the same thing that will keep us from heaven it's why because one told me said I, I don't want to I don't want to stand out I don't want to be different church if, if we don't want to be different then what I see out in that world there's a problem wrong with our salvation if I don't want to be seen there, come on. And I don't know I'm not a clothesline preacher, but I'm going to tell you, the things I see out in that world, come on now, it don't represent my Christ. Come on, say amen. We live in a generation that this world is separating themselves from the church physically. But well, one day there's going to be a spiritual separation. Come on now, we're living in this season of separation where the world thinks they're going against the church, but they're actually helping us. Amen. Be different. Because that world is saying that when you get an age, you can determine if you want to be male or female. Y'all get quiet. If we don't, come on now, if we don't start preaching and teaching against this, we're going to have it, come on now, not on the pew where it needs to be, but it's going to be up there. If somebody don't stand up, get baptized in the Holy Ghost and find and say, I don't have to love what you are. I just got to love where you're at. Come on now. I love them, but I don't have to agree with them, church. Why? Because the Holy Ghost baptism tells me how to walk right. It tells me how to talk right. 
It tells me how to dress right. Come on, say man. It not only gives me the boldness to take away fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression. Will you say man, sister, say It don't only make me get a little braver in the Holy Ghost, but it separates me from this world. It gives me an anointing that makes preaching and teaching effective. It gives me a solidarity that on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It takes the impurities away. Fire has a way. Oh, that the Bible says that when you come forth once tried with fire that you'll be pure, holy, and acceptable to the Lord. We go back, we look at these baptisms, we find that when Egypt finally decided that they couldn't hold down God's children, and Pharaoh said, y'all just get out of here quick as possible. Oh, God's on your side. When they got to that river, that, that Red Sea, Brother Pilgrim, and they stood there in faith because they could see no way out. They seen no healing. They seen no deliverance. They did not see God's Word come to pass. And the man said, I've seen Him work too many times before. And He sticks out a rod over that Red Sea on that rod. It was a calendar dated of all the past times that God had done for something for them that they could not do for themselves. They left a place of bondage to wander in a wilderness land, Brother Carey, that one day they would obtain the promises of God. That river, that Red Sea rather, that they crossed over, it was a garden to them and a grave to the sin. Come on, say amen. That sin could not come through that baptism. Do you hear what I'm saying? They go a little further in pursuit of the promise of God. They come to the Jordan River. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? God's people comes to the Jordan River and the Bible says the elders stood their feet into the Jordan River. Oh, the promise of God. Every time I get closer to God, I've obtained a little bit more faith. I believe we can make it, church. I believe God's still stronger than coronavirus. Come on now, I still believe cancer can fall from your body. I still believe those babies in the Niki that's going to come out in Jesus' name. I believe there's cancer patients in ICU that God can come by and touch in Jesus' name. Oh, every time that I experience that baptism. See, it's not a one-time thing. I've heard people, come on. He's a preacher, I ain't raised that way. No, I was raised so many ways. But I didn't know where to turn that a young man. So I just run from them all. You ain't got to be brought, brought up in this to believe this. Come on now. My daddy a Baptist preacher. My grandpa, my mom's dad was holding this preacher. Everything was hell bound that moved. And if it didn't move, he'd kick at it. And I'll believe it. I'm telling you, I've seen it. Everything was wrong. Well, you can't wear pink, you can't wear blue, you can't wear black. What am I supposed to wear? I'm on choir roll 24 hours a day. This is how I was brought up. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? But I came to a point in my life when my or when my aunts would come to church, Brother Mike, every now and then. And she'd get in the altar and she'd spout, shout. She'd speak in tongues. Let me tell you everything, church. I don't know why I'm preaching this on this Come to Back Church Sunday. But everything you hear in unknown tongue, it's unknown some of it to God. Do you hear what I'm saying in this place? She'd shimmy, she'd shout, she had no more victory in anything else. Backslidden. Oh, have this free spirited mind that everything's alright. Once you have received it, you can lose it as fast as you gained it. You wonder if those Israelites would have sat down in one of those 40 years that they wandered through that desert, come on now, on a trip that should have took them 12 days, that took them 40 years, Jesus was trying to get the Egypt out of them by every place they passed through. They got closer to the promise of God. When those elders stuck their feet in that water, it was a representation of a baptism in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God giving them a faith that was unwavering. A faith that brought solitude. Church, if there's ever been a time in our church that there needs to be a separation and a time of unity, it's right now. We need to separate ourselves from that old carnal world and we need to unify ourselves with our brothers and our sisters in Jesus' Name. The Bible tells us in our key verses this morning, in verses 49 through 53, that it divides relationships among people. I've seen it, I've experienced it. When a house is divided because one has a hunger to serve God and another has a hunger for that old world. I'm on the same thing. Some things only are broken by prayer and fasting. Come on, say it, man. This alienation is not of the church, but it's a separation that is of God. Come on now. I am not of this world. I am not born of this world. I've been born of the Spirit of God. Come on, say it, man. But I can walk down Main Street and I can go in the grocery store we got the pig. I guess y'all got vows. And I can go on vows grocery. And I can walk through and I can get my necessities. And I can go to work. And I don't have to be like those around me. I can be the light of Jesus. I don't have to compromise my faith, Brother Glenn. Because those around me desire Him not. Can you say amen? If He can go and be tempted as all manner of a man look back and the Bible says that that devil said, will not you just cast yourself off here? And he said, I'm not going to tempt God. See, there's a lot of tempting God because we've smeared His grace and His mercy that we can walk into this faith and we can walk back out of this faith. But can I tell you, there's a separation. There's a season of separation where the wheat and the tares will be separated. We read in the Bible 
The Bible tells us in Matthew 13 that there was a planter and he sowed seeds in his field. But at some point he fell asleep and the enemy saw in tears. The Bible says when they grew up, he recognized. He said, this ain't God. This ain't no way that I ain't never read nothing like that in the Bible before. Come on now, say man. And he gets the question. God said, wait a minute, let them grow up among them. They're going to be on a pew. Some's going to receive it. Some's not going to receive it. But when they grow forth, they're going to come and some is going to produce fruit and some are not going to produce fruit. How do you produce fruit? Come on now. Now come on, say man to me. It's only one way to produce fruit. It's that when you get the gifts of the Holy Ghost, those gifts of the Holy Ghost uh, help you produce fruit. That fruit will not wither on the vine, but it will go forth. It will proceed. It will do what God has accomplished in it or sent it to do. Come on now. This baptism is an infilling of fuel straight from heaven above. Come on. Your parents won't have to dress you. Daddy won't have to tell your children where to go because because when they get this fire, they'll lead the family to the church house. Come on, say amen. Because the Father has the gift in return, it will produce the fruit. Wheat instead of tares. Tares. Those thorns that grow up. Come on now, I've seen it. Can I just be frank and honest with you this morning? I'm 38, so I'm going to put myself in this category. You're 40, 50 years old, you bounce from church to church. Come on now, your feet ain't never got wet in the Holy Ghost. Come on, say amen. And you've wandered around and you're no more closer to Christ and the promise of God than you was 20 years ago. Let me tell you what. There might be a situation on your hand that you're not the wheat and that you're the tear. Come on, say man. A sheep is what God is hunting that can be led by a shepherd. Do you hear what I'm saying? I said a sheep is something that can be led by a shepherd instead of a goat to headbutt everything that comes that is Christ-like and heaven from heaven above. This word right here is the infallible, unadulterated Word of God. And I've been so many places, Sister Amy, that I've heard, I believe. Let me tell you something. If you believe anything more or less than is written in this Word right here, the Bible says that you're cursed. You're a castaway. Come on now. The Bible says that that wheat and that tear, Sister Jeremy, is going to grow up forth. He said, and when it's time, I'm going to send my workers and they're going to bundle up the tears and they're going to form it in fire. Why can we not be separated by the fire now? Come on now, a holy fire instead of an eternal 
hell. Come on, say amen to me. Church, why is it that we're not afraid of anything that world has to offer, but when God says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father above, oh, why is it when those disciples come out of that upper room, they had red hot revival and 3,000 got saved. Then they turned around and had another meeting and 5,000 got saved. It wasn't because they were goats, headbutting the shepherd. It was because they were part of the flock. I believe I've earned enough respect around here to say this one more time. If we've gotten to a point that we've experienced church and we've seen church and we're no different than we was 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Come on now. You're not a goat what that world calls the greatest of all time. You're a goat. And he says at that time of separation, I'll separate the sheep from the goat. Come on, goats have their own religion. Goats do what they want to do, but a sheep allow the shepherd to get a hook around his neck and bring him before he walks off that cliff into an eternal fire. Come on now. A sheep will accept correction when we trained and took the wrong path. Come on, say amen. A sheep will say, I need help. Pray for me. And a goat will say, I can do it on my own. It doesn't take that Holy Ghost to get to heaven. I'm on saying that one great preacher said, and I didn't want to go to the bell box without the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? That it is that baptism in water that is alluded and messed in our minds that we have got an eternal security. There is no one Come on now, that can elude the devil on his own. You can't live, you can't have affairs, you can't have adultery, you can't fornicate, you can't drink. There's no sipping saints. Come on, say man. Oh, they're legalizing marijuana. Let me tell you something. Anything alters our mind, it is not from God. Come on now. If anything dims that lantern that is shining, that Bible says they were called foolish. The ten virgins had lamps. That lantern is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my that lamp represents a new vessel. And he had ten virgins with ten lamps. And they brought vessels extra. But when the bridegroom come, five of them, the Bible says, was foolish. That's those, I believe. I believe I'm all right. I believe I got saved in 1932. I ain't done nothing for the Lord, but He's done everything for me. Oh, works can't get me there, preacher. No, but when you get full of the Holy Ghost, oh, those signs will follow those who believe. And in my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name, You'll speak in tongues. You'll pray prayers that is not selfish 
anymore. You will be having a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And that bridegroom, he come, and he found that there was five that had their lantern, but was nothing in it. They had the name Christian, but they were empty. Oh, and those that still kept their wick trimmed and their lamp full, they were looking and at that picture, Brother Glenn. They were looking at that eastern sky. They were looking for the Son of God to come and they were filled. And they said, you can't have none of mine unless I not have enough for myself. Mine's not going to get you to heaven. It'll give me the unction and the anointing to discern spirits and to preach an infallible gospel of this holy Bible. It'll make me stand up to the devil for you. But I can't allow you to come out or I can't pull you and drag you out of the pig pen. I can't pull you out of that wilderness. You're going to have to keep your feet planted. You're going to have to keep your eyes on that eastern sky. Do you hear me? And the Bible says those five, they went out to buy more. When they come back, the door was shut. That door shut and they began to knock on it. And the bridegroom said, look at here. I don't know you. Now wait a minute, preacher. He called them. They're clean. They're virgins. They're purists. They're wearing their white garment. They're representing that main Christian. They're still holding that lantern. But it ain't nothing in that lantern. That oil and that lamp, it represents the Holy Ghost. And in fire. And we're in that season of separation where when that door shuts, do you hear me? When that door shuts, He's going to say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. See, that Holy Ghost, it keeps you looking like Christ. It keeps you walking like Christ. It keeps you talking like Christ. And when he come, he said, look, you look nothing like where we began our relationship. There's so many people that has walked away from their first love, Sister Juan. Brother Juan. That they don't look like nothing. They don't represent nothing that they first did when they got saved. See, this salvation that I read in my Bible, it tells me about lukewarm, cold, and dead churches. It talks about people that once walked in the power and the demonstration of God. I go to church. So did Judas. Come on, y'all get quiet on me. Oh, but we look at this time once more and we find as they're preparing their song this morning, the Bible says there will be two in a field. There will be two grinding out a meal. One will be taken and one be left behind. Now is the time for a spiritual separation from this old world because there's a time coming in a blink of the night as a thief in the night that there's going to be a spiritual separation. Brother Josh is going to be on a job site somewhere and he's going to draw back that hammer at about that time. He's going to be taken out of this world. And I'd hate to be the go behind him to catch that hammer. 
Come on now, there's going to be a day that Sister Ray is putting that press down at that dry cleaner. And there ain't going to be her there to lift it back up. And somebody's goat, somebody's shirt, some goat's shirt's going to be burnt. Come on now, they're going to be mad. They're going to be cussing. They're going to be ranting. But where there should have been a long time ago, a spiritual separation. There's going to be an eternal, physical separation. Church, God said, I came to separate with the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, my prayer today is fill me up, Lord, where I don't be left behind. Oh, don't let my lantern run out of oil, God, but let me be finding it in the store. The Bible calls the church the storehouse. There's only one place you can find this oil. My own saying, man, it's at the altar. It's where they kept that lamp burning. Oh, it's where that priest couldn't let that light go out because he was the beacon for morality. He was the beacon for salvation. He was the beacon for separation. Church, will you 